Well, bless the Lord, saints of God's greetings from Triple C Devotionals, Cathedral Christian Church Online Podcast. I'm Tony here. We're going to just believe God uh, to help us through this day, this first day of November 2020. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity on this first Sunday in the month of November 2020. We ask that you open our minds, our hearts. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. And may everyone who get an opportunity to download this podcast and share it with somebody reap something from the buffet table today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I tell you, as you, as you listen to this podcast, I ask Tanya to pray for me because I was looking and I always ask God, to share that it not be me trying to tell people what I think they should have or need, that it be God, give us a word that can help us. And and in our struggles, God gave me a title, give me a message, and we're going to try to get through it in the name of Jesus. And the title of this podcast is Jesus Still Can Calm the Storm. Mm -hmm. Jesus Still Can Calm the Storm. We're going to use as our backdrop this morning, Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Very familiar passage of scripture for many people who've studied the scripture and been in church for any length of time. And the Bible reads from the King James Version from Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse number 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Let me read the Amplified Version that you can hear it a little clearer. And after he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, behold, there arose a violent storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered up with by the waves. But he was sleeping. And they went and awakened him, saying, Lord, rescue and preserve us. We are perishing. And he said unto them, Why are you timid and afraid? O ye of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peaceableness. And the men were stunned and bewildered wonder and marvel, saying, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus still can calm the storm. The pandemic is our storm. It's still raging. The numbers have exceeded 230,000, over 9 million infected, asymptomatic and symptomatic. The political storm is still rising and we're up against a voting day and voter suppression and mailboxes being removed and the normal mail system is slowing down. We sent just a simple letter almost two weeks ago and it's yet to arrive at its destination. That's a tactic of the devil. Now, it wasn't about the envelope that we sent. It's about the envelopes going in for whatever name's going to be on that ballot. That's what it's about. Sickness. 
Deaths are on the rise. Job loss at epic proportions. Racism and hatred that we've seen like no other, even beyond not physically having people with dogs and fire hoses, but we've seen it from the political level down to the local level. That affirmative action, what is that? Been abolished, gone. Still on the books, but not adhered to. We've seen people show themselves in ways that we never thought. People that we've been around beyond before this current president got in the seat, that we've been around every day. They suppressed their behavior. We saw things in the last three, four years that we never, ever would have thought the people that we've been around would show themselves. Even among our own kind, whether it be ethnicity of race, creed, ethnical, cultural background, we've seen people that have shown themselves different than what we ever would have thought. We've always said in the church, hurting people hurt people. That's real. People of your own bloodline that have done things that you would thought they would never do. People by marriage have said things and done things that you never thought they would do. You've given your heart, you've given your mind, you've given your all in all, and yet they reward you by showing you who they really are. It hurts you first and foremost, then the anger comes in. And then the frustration comes in. And then you got to get to God. Go to the altar. And if you don't, you will find yourself lashing out in such a way when God says don't render evil for evil. He says opposite. He says bless them that curse you and say all manner of evil against you for his name's sake. That's what we have to do. But let me drop something in your spirit while I'm coming to your doorstep to knock on your door. It's not easy. If it not, but for the grace of God that we seek his face in accordance to Matthew 6 and 33, we would hate like they hated Jesus on the cross. And they said, free Barabbas, hang Jesus. Barabbas was a thief and a robber, but Jesus, God incarnate, came down into this world, into this earth to redeem mankind. But yet they said at that time, hang him. And they did, hung him up high stretched him up wide, beat him to a pulp, made him where he was unrecognizable. Vinegar and murder put down him and, 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 and he drank, pierced him in his side where blood and water came from his side, but yet he still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And in that state that we preach when we do communion, he says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which translates, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? One time in, in life, God had to turn away from his son because he had to bear the sins and brunt for everything we've done, everything we do, and everything we will do once for everybody. And I wonder... During this pandemic, and I've watched people, and this caused us to change how we look at folk. It caused us to change how we carry ourselves. It's amazing when we get into the midst of a crowd and yet you feel paranoid when you're in the midst of people out of a fear that you don't know who's asymptomatic or who's infected, who's disregarded the science and disregarded the rules and disregarded the signs. I'm not talking about something fictitious. I'm talking about the numbers of folks that have lived in the hospital in excess of 90, 100 days on ventilators, don't have the medicine, lost their job, losing their homes, lost their home, but yet we've got those that have chosen 
to downplay this pandemic, this epidemic, this pandemic, this global disease. But there is a God, and I want to just go down the path, and God gave me a few things. And I pray that when you get a chance to hear his podcast, that it bless your soul. Struggles are real. We've said it. We sing it. When the churches were full and thriving, so weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But what I find is, is most folk, they in the midst of their sorrow, in the midst of their panic, in the midst of their pain, they're like the men on the boat. They say we're perishing and we're going to die. And we wonder, will we survive to live another day? And we wonder who's out to get me today. And we wonder who's going to lie on me today. And we wonder who's going to try to do me in today. And we wonder how we're going to make it to feed our family. And we wonder how I'm going to pay my car note. And we wonder how am I going to keep the lights on. We're about now in the depths of winter. And we wonder how can I rebuild after hurricane, after hurricane, after hurricane. The violent storm is the current situation that we got to face in life. And I wonder oftentimes how God being a talker that I am, but I'm learning as I age that I pray that I love, love, like I said in every podcast, I like laughing and joking and cracking and having a good time, but what I find is, is when that time presents itself, that I pray that my words be few, but when they speak, they be words of wisdom, words of edification, words of comfort, words of uplift to let you know that I can't fix it, because if I could, I would, but we know somebody, we preach about it. The question is that those of us that preach about him, the majority of us that have amassed, and I'll keep going there, those of us that have amassed the titles, the political power, and the namesake, and the notoriety, where are you? You're silent. You've hunkered away in your million-dollar bunkers. You're on your million-dollar yachts, and yet your voice is silent. But yet, when the storm is free, you reemerge. And you have your conferences and your crusades. You'll reemerge and invite people to take vacations with you. You'll reemerge and you have all the books and tapes and things to be sold. But where are you now when folk are dying, when the storms came and you were able to rebuild because you're a millionaire, those that supported you and off the dollars and 20s and 10s that you got, you was able to rebuild, but they are still devastated and ravaged in the storm. Where are you? God shares some things in my spirit. I know I sound passionate because it's real. And I understand how good to look at the scriptures. Here's the first thing that you've got to grasp and get in your spirit. I'm going to give you three don'ts this morning. The first thing is don't adopt the spirit of fear. For the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A storm is raging in your life. The billows are coming in, but don't you adopt the spirit of fear when the Bible says that God has not given you the spirit of fear. Folk, the devil and all of his antics try to enact fear in your mind. That's why Paul said to put on the helmet of salvation, that your mind be secure. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You have to have a sound mind to know that even your enemies, even your haters, and they're not really yours, they're enemies of God. Because if you know you've done nothing purposely to hurt or harm them, they're doing it out of vengeance. 
For jealousy is an awesome spirit that the devil rides on. But let me tell you something, child of God. For the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall repay. Don't you worry. God's got your back. So don't you adopt the spirit of fear. The second thing is, don't be afraid to ask God. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. There's God standing with open arms saying, child, you're mine. You've been adopted into the family of righteousness. You've been, by the blood of Jesus, adopted in. I welcome you to come in. But when you ask, don't ask with ulterior motive. When you ask, ask earnestly. Ask of a pure heart and a seeking mind, not to get rich and wealthy so that you can hunker away in your multi-million dollar bunker, but that you can get enough. If you've got two coats, you'll give one away. So don't be afraid to ask God, but know why you're asking God. The third don't is, don't not resist the devil. In the book of James chapter 7, 4, chapter 4, verse number 7, he says, uh, submit thyself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So let me just tell you this. It's only before a season now. You got to realize that biblically, the Bible teaches the devil still is in existence. He's not been locked away permanently yet. Jesus came the first time, but he's coming back again. But in that time, you got to understand, as I've always said, there's a day when the sons of God, during the story of Job, went to present themselves before God, and along came Satan. He right now still has the freedom to go up into glory and to come back down because now ain't the time yet. His day is coming, but not right now. The Bible has afforded him and allowed him to be titled the God of this world, lowercase g. But let me just flip the script and let me instill something in your spiritual mind. You must understand from the Bible, all 66 books, God, Jehovah, as I mentioned in last podcast, he is the one, Jehovah, God, Shalom. He is Jehovah, Jireh. He is God incarnate. He is God over capital G. So I'm going to get ready to close the podcast in just a second, but I'm going to repeat this. In the current life of situations, don't adopt the spirit of fear. Don't be afraid to ask God and don't not resist the devil because he can do it. I keep saying it. I don't ever get tired of repeating John chapter 10 and verse number 10. For the thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Just this past week, you've had somebody to come into your presence and shown themselves ugly and shown themselves to do you damage and to do you harm. You've had people to come into your path, to sneak into your life, to prod you of information, to try to reverse that information, to speak against you. But let me tell you something, child of God, for what the devil had meant for bad, God is turning it into good. For what the devil meant to destroy you, don't you let the devil ride. I told you in several podcasts ago, if you let the devil ride, he gonna drive. Because he's got that kind of influence. He's a silvery tongue, slew foot, sneaky devil, like he did with Adam and Eve. He snuck up in the garden and spoke a word that was a lying word. 
And in that word, he caused Eve to fall prey and disregard the words of God and ate from that fruit that caused that. And then man was weak enough to listen and saw it with his natural eyes. And then he ate from the same fruit. And then hell on earth began. We've been falling ever since. But let me drop something in your spirit in closing. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. I want you to do this after the three don'ts. I want you to learn to mount up with wings as eagles. I want you to learn that you can run and not get weary. I want you to know that you can walk and not faint. For the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. No, you may not physically be attending church. And if you do, I pray that you social distance. And if you do, I pray that you wear a mask. But I want you to understand the physical building ain't going to save you. I want you to understand to be gathered together, as the Bible says, is a blessing. But obedience is better than sacrifice. I would rather stay apart and believe by faith than to go and play church and get sick and infected because you do what you do, what the world does. I'm going to drop in your spirit. When you mount up those wings as eagles, you will learn to run and not be weary. When you mount up as I close this morning, the storms of the pandemic may be real, and I'm speaking to the recording device that you can download to understand you are in a storm of epic proportions. You are in the storm of your life. You are in the storm of losing loved ones that you can't even go to the funeral like you used to. You are in the storms of your life that some of them have to have a graveside. You are in the storm of your life that you got to visit your loved one from the opposite side of the window and insist to living in the nursing home. You are in the storm of your life that 90% of the population is at the house because they come in because the crowds are too large. I want you to know that you're perishing by your mind. You're perishing by your life. You're perishing by what you see and you got to see that ship story. They were there freaking out but Jesus, I'm going to tell you, Jesus may be that, that God incarnate but Jesus is the one that's sleeping. You think he's sleeping but the Bible says our God never sleeps or he never sleeps. Slumbers. He said his righteous has never gone hungry or begged bread. I close this morning by telling you that he's right now getting ready to rebuke the storm in your life. I want you to know that he's getting ready to bring you through the midst of this pandemic. I want you to know that he's going to bring you out of financial ruins. I want you to know that he's going to bring you off the respirator. I want you to know he's going to bring your loved one back unto you that's in the hospital. And those of you that have lost loved ones now, if they were saved and knew God. I want you to know in closing, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know it's a tragedy. I know it's a different situation. I know it hurts. I know you miss them. I know you miss touching them. I know you miss sitting in the, in the, in the room with them, but I want you to know if they're in the presence of God, they're rejoicing with the angels and they're just going to wait until you come on home. So don't you give up on God because God has not giving up on you. You may be in the storm, but I want you to anchor in the name of the Lord. I want you to anchor in God's word. I want you to anchor your faith. I want you to anchor in prayer. I want you to anchor in song. I want you to anchor in your household. Anchor your children. Anchor your grandchildren and let them know that though we may be weeping tonight, there's a joy that's coming. As the old preachers would say, it's a joy that the world can't give and it's a joy that the world can't take away. Anchor yourself in Christ 
and you watch what God's going to do. We're going to close in a prayer in the name of Jesus. And this is Tony out with Triple C Devotionals. Until Jesus tell us to come again, we're going to pray now, Father. Bless everybody. In the midst of the storms of this pandemic, I know we're in it. But bring us through, bring us out, bring us out on the other side with this peaceableness and calm. Bless everybody on the sound of my voice now. Until the next podcast, this is Tony out in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.